Uh, Project, welcome back to this week of the After Show. Next week on the After Show, it's likely that we'll have uh, an interview that we did with the 321 Go Project, where they are. We talked about the, the gyms and uh, the podcast and that, so that's going to come out next week. Uh, that's an interview that we were on. It was really cool, and you guys are really going to enjoy it. It's not just about like business and stuff. It's actually like about like how we started and the struggles we go through and stuff and what it's like owning gyms and um, you know, how we ended up starting the podcast and what else did we talk about on there? I just remember the funny quote when he's like, you start a gym because you want to do CrossFit? CrossFit's the last thing you'll be doing. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Uh, and some housekeeping guys, make sure that uh, you stop emailing us about sandbags. That would be fantastic. We're not going to have any for at least another month or so, unfortunately. It's just uh, too much work right now with everything else we got on. Uh, but we will look to do something like that in the future. And our big announcement is coming episode. Well, you can 40. actually contact us, but just personal message Lachlan. <laughs> thanks, thanks, bro. Sweet. And He's I'll, in charge. I'll hand out all of He's Raph's got personal details. He's got heaps of spares at his house. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. So, um, this week on the podcast, we actually wanted to talk about uh, like hypertrophy and uh, muscular hypertrophy um, specifically. And I think a lot of people want to know like, and it's, not, it's a question that comes up pretty often, especially I think at this time of year, like in the off season, mm. is like, can you build muscle in CrossFit? The, uh, the definite answer is yes. Like if you couldn't, then I wouldn't have put on 17 kilos in five years because like it's all I've done is CrossFit. But at the same time, you really have to think like, you know, CrossFit does have a lot of elements of like bodybuilding in there, which is t- typically associated with, uh, with muscle building. Um, it just depends on what program you're on. Like you definitely wouldn't put on, you would still put on muscle if you just did like burpees and pull-ups every day. Absolutely. But you wouldn't just like, yeah, like I think there has to be some intention if you like want to make muscle building like a, a big part of your training. Yeah. I mean, you definitely can 100% build muscle. And it just, it's the same principles we've always known about um, hypertrophy that like still apply to CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're working in those sort of rep ranges in CrossFit, like you're going to be building muscle when you're working outside of them, you're going to build less. Yeah. You're going to be able to build less. Yeah, for sure. And like the science is pretty clear on that stuff. The, um, I'd say probably the most important thing to, to recognize is that the people that look like really good, guys like Marcus Philly and even like Chris Spieler and um, like Sam Dancer and stuff, like they look that way for a reason. It's not because they do what you're doing. It's because they have very intentional... Uh, like programming and movements in there to build muscle. They're like, hey, like my glutes are weak, like I need to build more mass in my glutes or like my rear delt's weak, like I need to build more mass in my rear delt and they do body bodybuilding rep ranges, you know, eight to 10 reps or whatever, three sets uh, to, 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 build those, um, to build those areas up. That's why they look so good and they look so symmetrical is because their purpose, they know that like with CrossFit, you're going to overdevelop some areas and underdevelop other areas just because of the lack of diversity in the movements. And so they make up in their programming the areas that they feel are going to be like weak and lacking mm. muscle. Yeah, I think that's probably been one of the biggest things that I've noticed doing it now for quite a few years. Like you don't really notice it in the first couple of years of CrossFit mm. because like just having the changes haven't really taken place yet. But coming from like standard gym training into CrossFit style training, like I have noticed now that like some areas of my body have got smaller since I started CrossFit, even though I'm in the gym loads. Mm. Uh, and some like, areas, your, like your ass is pretty small <laughs> these days. Like, but some areas have got huge. Um, it's like my chest is, is definitely smaller than, than when I started CrossFit. Carbs are I'm trying to rectify it. I think calves are just equally small. <laughs> um, but like my shoulders, like the top of my shoulders are like 
so much bigger. That's why you get accused of taking like, steroids. My glutes are like way, way bigger. My, the, my quads are way bigger. Um, but it's definitely, yeah, quite a lot of important muscles that are, that are very similar in size. And I think that's not a good thing if that keeps on going. Mm. Yeah, you want to have that balance um, and it makes it... Yeah, you just have to realize that even though it's like full body training, it's, it's, not, it's not hitting every single muscle group. And no. if you want to be like well-balanced and have like a really nice well-balanced physique, and, and even that's important for like joint health and muscle balance, um, you do have to sort of sometimes like look at your body and say like, okay, well, like, what do I need to get bigger? Mm. And on the uh, scientific side of things, now my um, science is a little bit rusty, but I did spend a good six months or so studying this at uni. There's definitely like when uh, you understand like what goes on in the muscle, there's like all these different layers to it. And there's essentially two types of hypertrophy that exist. And there's only one that I believe from what I understand is like what you want. There's myofibrillar hypertrophy, which is like increase in the amount of different fibers within the muscle. So these are the fibers that are made up of actin myosin chains, which are the ones that like cause contraction and, and strength and have like allow you to lift things. And then also within the muscle belly, there's called the sarcoplasmic, uh, sarcoplasmic reticulum. I think I got that right. And that's just like a fluid belly within the muscle that like has all the um, like the calcium and, and that. And I think it's kind of like more uh, sort of the amount of um, it can. It, 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 it can have a lot to do with the size, but it's not necessarily to do with the contraction itself. I think it has something to do with like the the ions or the the fluid and how different elements of the muscle like move within the belly, but it's not actually involved in the actual fiber component. So there's two different types, I believe. I'm not really sure how you train different types. I think sarcoplasmic is more like the higher rep ranges and associated more with bodybuilding. So it allows the muscle belly to expand quite a lot in size, but doesn't necessarily result in the increase in strength. Whereas like the lower rep ranges that you get from like five, six, seven reps, like really, really heavy, uh, allow you to build more like myofibrillar hypertrophy, which is like essentially, I guess, more functional for CrossFit, I would say. Um, and so, but you might not see as big of an increase in the actual size of the muscle belly and uh, feel free to reach out and uh, punch me in the face if I'm wrong. So I think that's pretty much how it works. But essentially what you need to know is that general CrossFit program is going to be geared more towards myofibrillar hypertrophy because you're training to get strong. That's the intention. It's not just about picking up a light weight and just trying to get as big of a pump as possible because that generally will maybe result in the increase of the size of the muscle but not necessarily the strength of the muscle. And that's what a lot of bodybuilders do. They're not as concerned about how strong they are as opposed to like getting the muscle as big and as, as pumped up as possible. And generally with hypertrophy, like blood flow has a massive amount um, to do with how like um, the science here I'm rusty on, but essentially blood flow restriction training has this idea where it builds up like all the sodium and uh, calcium in the muscle and it like doesn't release it and basically because the concentrations are so high in the muscle because so much blood is getting stuck while the muscle is working, it uh, basically kind of like forces the adaptations a lot faster. So it's like creates like a more hypertrophy like inducing environment because it's like a massive shock to the system um, which is the same, the same idea behind getting a massive pump in bodybuilding is like really, really important um, like that blood and that the signals and the markers in that come with like lots and lots of blood, that really, really skin tearing pump, it's like really important for uh, building muscle. That's what I understand about it. 
Mm. So that's why blood flow restriction training is like so good for hypertrophy. Yeah, we studied it a little bit and we asked a few questions on it and it was, uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. It does, the science is really good on uh, the blood flow restriction training. But in terms of, if you don't really know what that is, like you can just work hard, you get a really massive pump, lots of blood flow, it's, it's going to help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the like things that often we forget about when doing CrossFit style training is like the blood flow to the muscle when you're trying to build muscle in area is actually really important. Yeah. And like you actually need to think about like is blood pumping into that muscle group that I'm trying to get big here. And I remember it's like not cool in a CrossFit gym or whatever, um, but it is important. And even when we had like Julian Pinot here, that was really important to him. It was like one of his three pillars is, is blood flow. Mm. And if you're trying to bring up a muscle group because it's weak and because you're not using it as much like in your season, like you need to be thinking about forcing blood into the muscle and like feel it in the muscle. Mm. Uh, that's what bodybuilders have done in ages. That, that's, that's how you get big. <laughs> and it's how you like prevent injury and it's how you build like a bigger base for just like your overall training in general. I think so many people get into CrossFit and they love the change from typical gym programming or it's all about like getting a pump and stuff and that's great. But at some point, you have to recognize that if you want to keep making progress and be injury-free, like Julian says, it normally takes two years to f- for a CrossFitter to fuck their body up. And that's generally because like you're not doing the stuff that balances out with the CrossFit training. And I think CrossFit's an awesome program and methodology for anyone. But I also believe that other aspects of fitness are really important as well and should, should go along with it. And that's what we do here at our gyms. Uh, not a lot of other gyms do that. I know it's why a lot of people like what they get at our gym. Um, but at the same time, like they do miss like just the more traditional CrossFit stuff. And I just reassure people like, hey, if you want to keep doing that stuff long-term, which I think has its own like really, really good set of benefits, um, you know, mental fitness, the toughness, like just getting a really high heart rate and stuff. The only way you can support that long-term is if you do this other stuff as well. And if you're not committed to do this other stuff, you're going to reach a point where that stuff you initially bought into, like Fran and, you know, DT and all that sort of things, like you're going to get injured from it, your shoulder's going to be pinchy, you're going to get a bad back, you're, um, you might just get sick of it or you might just get worse at it. You might be like, fuck, I used to be really good at this, but now like I can't really do it that well or like my back blows up halfway through and it's because you neglected all this other training. So if you don't respect this sort of training and you don't respect basic biology, like you're basically just going to get really, really stagnant with your training and uh, I would say worse in the long run. Better in the beginning, but worse in the long run. Yeah, which is where most people are at right now, you know, two or three years deep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be like that crazy. Like you don't need to go and buy a whole new outfit of like a stringlet and like <laughs> and a fatty that pack. Cool. That would be cool. If someone brought to, that back. For, to make it effective. It can just be literally changing the rep ranges of the exercise you're already doing. So it's like I mean I don't think it's a great idea doing less than three reps all year round on your back squat. Yeah. Um, but then I mean yeah like isolating muscle groups actually is really important because you're trying to bring up muscle groups like you need to isolate the muscle group. Yeah. And that's how you'll feel blood flow through that area. For the first time, if you've just been doing heaps of compound movements, mm. um, like hamstring curl exercises, a pretty workout, and I think a really good isolation work for the arms. I think it's really good. Mm. Isolation work for the lats, like all your all your different types of rows and shit, is, is awesome. And uh, and same for the chest. Mm. So I feel like those are the main ones that are like very easy to miss with all the general compound movements that are awesome. Yeah, and I think uh, like Max said, uh, the episode's not out yet. It's going to be out on Monday. But he was like, the first thing I do with anyone in the off season is like start unilateral work. So I start my single arm, single leg stuff just to help uh, retune the body 
uh, iron out any imbalances that he first saw. And I think one thing to consider as well is like, if you have at least like one session a week where, you know, a good 50% or more of the training is made up of um, like hypertrophy training, you know, traditional bodybuilding sort of stuff or those sort of rep ranges and, and rest periods, it's not that hard on the nervous system. Like a lot of the CNS training that gets done like with really heavy strength work and like really hard metcons, it's very, very hard um, on the body and like people are very exhausted from it, which is like what attracts them as well. But the, the flip side of like sort of bodybuilding training is um, like, yeah, the, the local muscular fatigue is really, really high. But the overall feeling of just being like really flat and like having a massive impact on your hormones and your sleep and stuff is quite low. So it allows you to still get a good amount of training volume in without like destroying like the rest of your day and like mm. the, the next 48 hours. Yeah, well, I mean, getting strong requires intensity, whereas getting big and, and, and getting muscle is more about like volume. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, what's, what's more important, not like volume in like a froning way, but more like volume for each muscle group. So like... You need to be doing like 10 sets on the muscle group in a day a few times a week to be getting muscle in the area. But yeah. it's the type of session you can do and then just go straight on with your day and not like not be sick. Like you have tra- you've done training and you've sort of like recovered for the stuff that you're going to do the next day. Yeah. But you've still trained in a way, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, you can apply that to anything. Like when you eat, obviously, if like if you take 10 or 15 like bites, like it's mad hypertrophy for your jaw <laughs> and you spit your food out. Or you get it down in 10 bites. Um, all right. So hopefully that uh, gives you some insight into so, well, like why you should probably do some bodybuilding stuff. Hope you're, you're pretty convinced. Yes, you can build muscle. Probably the final component of it outside of the training is like I would just be making sure that you eat a, like a minimum of like one to one and a half grams of protein per pound of body weight. I say if you're not doing that and you're trying to do like CrossFit and um, build muscle, it's like nearly impossible. You're fucked. Like it's just not going to happen. Like protein is the most essential macronutrient. You need it for, I mean, it's the structure of your entire body of all your cells and stuff. So you need to be having enough. And like if the raw materials just aren't there, like where the fuck are they going to come from? Your body will just start eating itself. That's essentially what happens. And then you get like a detraining effect and all these bad things. So uh, make sure like you're definitely eating lots of carbs and lots of protein like in and around training like that's that's how we get those fucking gains bro that's the basics um okay cool so uh let's talk about what we're addicted to recently it's probably a pretty good segue well, this is actually like good you're, you're on the perfect segue here so why don't, yeah. you, why don't you go first so i've got the uh the essentials of sport and exercise nutrition certification manual second edition by john barati phd and ryan andrews msmard what's that that's his qualifications ms no fucking idea. M-A? American? Massive. <laughs> I don't Massive know. Massive brain. But John Variety is legit. Uh, okay, cool. So they, this is like a textbook of like nutrition stuff. The best thing about this book, oh, by the way, you have to do that course to get this book. Then just sell it. Um, so it's broken up into two components. Now, pretty much every other nutritional textbook I've read in the world has nu- just nutritional science. But that's only part one. Part two is nutritional practice. And I think that's where this book is so unique. So it takes everything they talk about, like all the science, um, you know, from macros, micros, energy metabolism, uh, energy, like balance in the body, digestion, absorption, all that. And then it talks about, okay, so how can we set behavioral goals, work on the psychology, uh, interpret 
like information and and write the correct plans on that stuff and yeah so it's like theory and application in one textbook and that's like pretty rare and that's i guess what makes him so special so that's one thing i've been addicted to i'm trying to read at least a chapter every single day there's like 30 chapters i'm gonna stay on the technology thing here and lock is gonna like of this. last week yeah technology yeah. trend um i've got this application called inbox when ready and it's got like heaps of different stuff you can it's for gmail it's for gmail people use gmail inbox when ready inbox when ready okay it's got like heaps of like add-ons you can do um to your email and it's good if you if you check your emails too much like i do how often did you say you thought you were checking them uh well now it keeps track of them like i think on the because it it tracks when you're on the computer once every 20 minutes so i think it was like 17 times on the computer that's quite a lot yeah but yeah but i probably check it more times than that on my phone um maybe like 40 times a day yeah, probably. It sounds like loads, but it's not that much in, in practice. <laughs> mm. But yeah, it is it's a lot but it's a lot less it's quite less now. And the application's actually pretty sick and you can do like loads of stuff with it. So the one I've got at the moment is like a time delay after I've gone over a certain time. Oh yeah. So I have a constant time delay. And people notice it because I'm like swearing at the gym because I got this time delay again. Um but it tells you how many minutes you spent on it as well. Um and also you can set it up so that you can explain how the time delay works. So once you've gone over it more times than you wanted to in that day or you've been it's been visible for more time than you wanted to in that day. Like when, you've been in your inbox. Yeah, yeah. When you go to click... Because now when you go to Gmail with this app, you actually don't see your emails. You just see a blank screen. Yeah. You have to click on a button to search yep. your mailbox. And once you actually click on that... So you could just search for the email you wanted. You wouldn't have to see your inbox, essentially. Okay. But once you say show my inbox, that's when it comes up and then I'll get like a 15 second delay if I've like broken the rules for the day. Um, but also like emails only come into it I like certain intervals. So rather than just like a constantly... Oh, like, yeah. So it updates in, every like 20 minutes or something. Well, you can set it to whatever. You can set it to like once a day. Or you can set it to like Fuck. twice a day. You know what? Um, that sold me. I'm yeah. going to have to get that. How did you pay really for good. it or is it free? No, it's free. But um, I actually just realized that because I've like, just finished my trial, there's now a there's now a fucking thing at the bottom of my email. Oh, like an ad? Yeah. Well, it says like I'm using inbox when ready to protect my focus. But I actually think I might leave it there because it sort of notifies people that I might not get back to them immediately, which is a pretty good thing. But I think if I just click remove, uh, to remove it, I've got to upgrade. Mm. So you'll you'll find out by emailing me and getting a reply whether or not I've upgraded. But it's heaps of, yeah, there's heaps of cool stuff like that that you can do. Oh, no, that's pretty interesting. To protect your focus a bit. Yeah, cool. All right, so I got a... Um, I'm on this like particular hunt about like winning and losing and stuff at the moment and like what happens on the other side of winning. Just because obviously, like we're going to qualify this year, and like I want to know what's going to happen to my training when when I qualify. And so uh, I got a quote from Rafael Nadal. You ever heard of him? <laughs> he's uh, he's this guy that's like really good at tennis. He's also losing his hair. Uh, so the glory is being happy. The glory is not winning here or winning there. The glory is enjoying practicing, enjoying every day, enjoying to work hard, trying to be better, trying to be a better player than before. And. Uh, I think even though that's a really great quote, he probably uh, really doesn't like losing. And I would say that there's a lot of glory in winning. But at the same time, he's at least conscious that he realizes like if he's not going to enjoy tennis for what tennis is, then essentially there's no point playing. And I think that's like why a lot of people in professional sports, like I'm excluding like functional fitness, not not really like a traditional sport is like why they can't really give it up because the actual sport itself I think they enjoy so much it's like really hard to enjoy the sport of fitness because it's like 
hours and hours of just like grinding your body into the ground but you can always go out and like hit a tennis ball for like a few hours and like they just enjoy that so much and that's why like I think a lot of them have like a not all the sports but a lot of them have like a more of a like a social way you can play it yeah like basketball and shit yeah 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 exercise can be social but I mean it's different well the sport of fitness you can't really yeah because it's like so hard yeah yeah and just doing it like for easy efforts is like not very fun but then you're not doing the sport yeah you're just doing exercise yeah yeah so True. it's kind of like a tricky one. Like it's hard to just do like social MMA. It's like, hey, you just want to get in there and like kick me in the face a few times. <laughs> like kick me in the leg, take me down, crush my face in. But yeah, I think it's good. O- on that, like I'm pretty excited to uh, I'm gonna play basketball this year again. <laughs> Seriously. What do you think it'll be at regionals? No, 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 like after. Oh, okay, after. Yeah, in prep for the games. I was already, I think gonna, I was already worried. Gonna I think the final is going to be like the top two teams and it's going to be like five on five. Dude, like basketball. We'll get destroyed. <laughs> yeah, Americans, you suck. They're Americans. That's true, that's true. They're going to have at least one black eye on their they, team. They play basketball at the CrossFit Games as well. Yeah, they always have that, Remember the yeah, halftime yeah, show? Yeah, they always have basketball yeah, at yeah. halftime. And that, uh, that girl who owns, who owns Rogue Fitness is like pretty, um, pretty handy. Oh, that's right. She played like college, but she played like D1 basketball. Yeah. She was, it was, she we were was watching sick. her at halftime. She was smoking Dave Castro. Yeah, it's true. Um, okay, cool. So I actually, was, I'll do a similar quote on the topic of winning. I remember I actually read Vince Lombardi's um, book. Oh my God, I know what quote you're going to say. Ages ago, but it's, it's a really good backstory to the quote. So the quote is, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Um, and then the, what I liked about the quote is that like people spread it around so much and they still do. But you read his book, he's like, I didn't mean to say that at all. It's like, completely didn't mean it it's like totally been misinterpreted really um like he, what he i guess what he didn't mean by it was like nothing fucking matters um but winning and to be honest i struggle to really understand what he did mean i think he really just said the wrong thing <laughs> like he just he just sort of really phrased it um the wrong way he was he was more like it's you know he was more meaning like it's your only focus when you're playing but it's not everything that's the point Winning isn't everything, um, but when you're playing, like it is the only thing mm. that you need to focus on. But it, it's taken to mean like it's more than everything. Yeah. Where he actually was trying to say like, no, nah, it's not everything. Other things are important. Right. So I was like when, I find it interesting when there's a quote that like everyone reuses and and the person They're that like actually said it like fully didn't mean it, but he's lost control of that quote now. Oh, it's gone. Yeah. It'll live in infamy. So if you read it, yeah, if you look, if you read his book, it's called like All Seasons or something, something about All Seasons. It's a famous book. Um, he does explain the quote in there. Yeah, nice. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's it for this week of the After Show. Remember, episode 140, we are announcing the special uh, special thing. One thing I'll leave you with is that it, it will have the much-requested, much-sought-after reading list, the, the My Master Project reading list oh, from Raph and I. And uh, what do you mean, I'll see? You said that like you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking came up with the idea. So that's going to be involved in, it surprised. In, in some capacity. So... Yeah, like it's it's not the thing, but it, it will involve that. And that'll most likely have like what our top twenty, top thirty books. Yes, yeah, has heaps, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So guys, we'll uh we'll see you on Monday and hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs>